Bethel World Outreach Church and all those that are watching and becoming friends and family of this ministry. I want to thank you for being here today. That worship was fantastic. Thank God for all of our volunteers and our choir and those who are doing so much work to make these services special. Thank you so much. Um, today, I want to talk to you on a topic that's near to dear to my heart, and that is prayer. I want you to join me in prayer and also in the Word of God. I'm going to pray, and then we'll be going to Matthew uh, chapter 6, and we'll start at the fifth verse. Lord, I pray as we get into your Word today that you will help us see you, know you, love you. Will you visit us this morning and teach us something about your attributes, your nature, and who you are, that we might more worthily magnify your name and lift you up. We just thank you for this moment and this time as a family together. In Jesus' name, amen. To God mm, be the glory. Woe to God be the glory. Oh, to God be the glory for all the things He has done. With his power, he has raised me, and with his blood, he has saved me. So to God be the glory for all the has done. Ah, what a mighty God we serve. Again, go to Matthew 6 and let's start reading at the fifth verse. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Now, I love that he says, when you pray, not if you pray, that we as a group of believers should always be praying people. He is talking at the, on the Sermon of the Mount to uh, the Jewish community that is already disciplined in prayer and and another version of this text in Luke, he says, uh, the disciples come to him and says, teach us to pray. So we know that prayer is paramount in the life of anyone that's going to have communion or communication or fellowship with God. What are the basics of prayer? If it's not an if, but when, when you pray, what are the basics? Well, prayer, I'm going to give you 
some little clues as to how to think about it or speak about it. When you pray, you're simply speaking to God. You are not speaking to man. You are speaking to God. And then God begins to commune or communicate back to you. Now, for many of us, that might feel off-putting or weird to think about God speaking back to you. You might think that's overwhelming and that's too much to meditate on because you've never heard God's voice. You don't know what God's impressions or moving are like. And I don't want you to feel awkward there. So the thing that I have learned to discipline myself to do is to not just speak to God, but let God's word, his Bible, speak to me. See, this is the living word of God. If you want to know God's thoughts toward you, God's thoughts on the world, if you want to know who he is, read his holy book. And he'll tell you. And so no matter what other impressions you might receive from God, they should always balance out. The communication from God should always balance out with the word. And this is the secret. Word, the word of God is that um, element that we need in prayer to make sure that we stay in a line with the pure word of God. Now, the Bible says that we should be constant in prayer, it says we should be instant in prayer, that we should be praying without ceasing. The Bible says that the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man makes much power available. We see that Jesus was a person of prayer. Jesus um, got up while it was uh, still dark and he went to a solitary place where he could pray. It is, it is something to see him speaking about prayer. But he says, don't pray like the hypocrites. He said the hypocrites or this word hypocrite, because I wouldn't want to call any of my friends out there hypocrites. I believe the very best of you. But let's just see the people that Jesus is speaking to. He said, these are actors or posers or people who are um, giving the impression that they want to commune or communicate with God, but in actuality, what they want to do is to appear to be spiritual before men. I have been guilty of that. I don't know where you stand on that. I like it when my friends, my family, and other community uh, people believe I'm pious or I'm, I'm, I'm righteous and I've, I've got it all together. And what the, in the Jewish community, what they would do is they would get out in the street and they would get out on the corners and, and, or, or they would wear things like prayer shawls or, or hats or different things to let people know, I'm praying and I'm a praying person and I've got it all together. But this wasn't something that he wanted us to do. The Bible goes on to say, it says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut your door and pray to your father who's in secret and your father who's in secret will reward you openly. Now, isn't that funny? Instead of letting man be your audience, instead of in trying to impress with your prayer or your vocabulary or your, or your relationship with God, everybody around you, prayer is something that should have a, 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 a be done in private. Or it's not so much that it can't be done publicly, but you, even if you do it publicly, it must be with the intent of the audience of one, God. Remember, prayer is what we say to God, not what we say to one another. And, and so he said, you should close the door and it, it, it should be in secret and God will reward you openly. You know, if you and I spend our time trying to just please our friends or 
make other people feel good, then we're going to miss out on the reward of intimacy with him. Because ultimately, prayer allows us to receive intimacy with God. And I want intimacy with God above everything else. Now, um, my wife is uh, Debbie Winans of the famous Winans family and uh, the iconic Pop Winans who's gone on to be with the Lord who would have been 86 um, this week. Uh, he, as a young man watching his prayer life, I, I, I was amazed. He would get up early in the morning all the time and he would get a full suit on and cologne and everything. And, and, uh, and as Debbie would tell the story, uh, because I, I, I didn't grow up in their home, but, but I experienced driving to prayer with him. He would just be sitting in the living room in a chair, fully dressed, talking to God. And I asked him one time, he said, God deserved my best. I'm going to meet with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. No one could see him. And yet you can see God has rewarded him and used that family, the Winans family, to touch the planet. I believe it was the secret prayers of Pop Winans that God actually rewarded. Let's go on to verse 7. Let's see what verse 7 says. It says, and when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because they of their many words. You not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask. You know, we can develop bad habits from observing or watching the wrong people. You know, and I don't know about you, because of the COVID-19 crisis, uh, I've been out, uh, you know, uh, doing home projects and working on a variety of of different things. But I haven't always been following the instructions and I haven't always built things uh, according to specs. And I've I've just wanted I've learned some bad habits or some bad patterns and I've actually learned to live with the things that I've built or done incorrectly in my home. I just said, I'll deal with it. I'll handle it. I'll, I'll settle it. And I believe that when, when, what Jesus is trying to help them see here is you don't want to pray like that. So when you pray, pray right. When you pray, don't pray wrong. Pray right. And you'll get what? A reward because God wants to reward you. Now, as we go into this next verse, we're about to get into um, the most famous scripture of all. And I want to help you understand something. People who pray and the Lord's Prayer is prayed all over the world in countless languages. uh, and, And it is a significant prayer. But I hope to show you in this next verse, I believe it's verse 9, what this prayer was intended to be, be versus what it has become. So let's look. Um, he says, when you pray, pray like this, or pray in this manner, or pray according to this format, or pray this model, or pray with these categories, our Father. 
that right there, let's just stop. Aren't you excited, and I'm, I'm going to contain myself, aren't you excited that one of the first things you get to do is call God Father? The other thing I, I think that's interesting, he didn't say, say my Father, he said say our Father. When Jesus is teaching them the model of prayer, it is not individualistically or individually focused, but it is communal from the mo first moment. He's our father. Now, you might be saying, because you're watching here, I don't know the Lord. I don't know him as my father. But guess what? He's the father of all because he's created all. He's created all things. He, he is the creator. And in that sense, he's a father. But in terms of making him a relational father, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal savior. And he could be your personal he can be your personal father. Now, to appreciate this prayer and the worship that, that um, is engendered or, or the worship that comes from this revelation of God, our father, well, well you, you just got to look at it. Okay, let's look at it. Look, what is a father? Let's see. A father is a provider. God, our father, is a provider. God uh, provides for our needs. The Bible says he gives us all things, not some things, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above and proceeds constantly from the Father of lights. He is a provider. So whatever you need right now, no matter the crisis, no matter the circumstances, God, your father, will provide. That's what a father does. He is a protector. I don't know if you know Psalms 91, but, but uh, it begins with he that dwells or lives or sits with God in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I shall say of the Lord, he is my refuge, uh, my God. Who I, see, see, he is a protector. He will deliver you from pestilence or the, the snare of the fowler or whatever comes against you. He'll give his angels charge. He'll protect you. And I know you might be saying, well, my life is already taking a hit, but this is why we pray. We pray because God begins to intervene as father and protect us from those things that have slipped in and, and he begins to guard our life. What are some other things a father is? A father is uh, a promoter. Uh, he promotes you. I have sons and, and, and I, I'm telling you, uh, to me, they're the greatest three young men on the planet. I think they're uh, talented in playing instruments and athletics and they're they're smart and they're entrepreneurial and and I just think they're exciting uh to be around they're great men they're great teenagers they're awesome I promote them I think that if anybody should hire them uh they'll be great for any university that's looking for them I mean they'll be the most diligent athletes on any team I believe my Bible says promotion doesn't come from the north south east or west but it but promotion comes from our father the Lord. Finally, I, I, I just picked these things out. What is uh, our father? Our father is present. It's a very present help. Very near to you. You know, just think in your life of when you need to feel security and when you need to feel protected and provided for. Um, we all have those needs. They come up monthly like mortgages and 
car payments or the insecurity of the, uh, of the um, economy or your job situation or, or the fact that you don't want coronavirus or any virus or illness to come nigh your dwelling, we begin to count on his presence. There's something that happens for my kids when the storm comes. Uh, they're, they're good guys. And they're great. But when the storm comes, they might want to get around my presence because you feel good. Now, many of us have father wounds that make it tremendously difficult to relate to and emote with God, the father, because of the wounds of our natural father or the absence of our natural father. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I know what that is growing up primarily as a young man in a single parent home and, and having my father not meet the criteria of God the Father and being a protector and a provider and a promoter and being present, he was actually abusive. And so what can happen if you had an abusive parent like I did and it cost you um, your home and it caused you to be on the run or live under an assumed name like me, it can skew your perspective about God as a father. And he'll have to heal you. But I got good news, no matter where your perspective has broken down with God being our father, not just your creator, but wanting an intimate relationship with you, if that is broken down, I want to encourage you. The Bible says in Psalm 38, I mean, excuse me, 68, he's a father to the fatherless. Now, a person like me, that is significant because many of you, many of you watching, you maybe have a broken home or a broken relationship with your father. And I know this statistically, this is real. And some have had the privilege of having their parents stay together and having an active and vibrant relationship with your father. But Perhaps if you didn't have that example, to hear that he is a father to the fatherless, well, that's pretty spectacular. And that's awesome. He said, our father, which are in heaven. I love that the father part makes him present, but the art in heaven part uh, makes him more powerful. You know, a lot of times were, a, a preacher was recently asked why a coronavirus would even exist well, the guy, but and he had to remind the person, well, you know, sin came into this world, but there's no sin in heaven. <laughs> heaven is perfect. Eighty percent of all Americans believe there's a heaven and most believe they're going there. Even if they don't know how to get there, they believe they're going. So this concept that our father who art in heaven, he is the creator of heaven. He is he is the one who makes heaven worth living. The Bible says our, our father is um, a consuming fire. Our father is light and life and in him is no darkness at all. And in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy and at his right hand pleasures evermore. Can you imagine being in heaven? What is going on in heaven? But let's look at Revelation 4 because I want to show you the atmosphere of what angels are doing and what is the major act activities going on in heaven that, that, that we can gain some strength from. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now let's keep reading this, 
This scripture says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name or sanctified or great. Hallowed means what I'm going to do is exalt him. He's worthy is what I'm saying of devotion. He's one that is uh, perfect in goodness and righteousness. Uh, uh, He's just worthy. And they're saying in heaven, according to Revelation 4 and 8, is holy. He's worthy. Uh, holy. He, he should get uh, all of our devotion and all of our attention. All of the angels are going around saying, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we enter into a place of worship and recognition, recognition of who God the Father is because heaven is recognizing him. It's good for you to know you have a personal relationship with him as father, but it's even better to understand that he's all-powerful, all-knowing, and every creature below and above, everyone worships him. Do you know this prayer is about focus? on him and who he is, how magnificent and how powerful. That verse goes on to say uh, in verse uh, nine of Revelation, it says, and whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanksgiving to him who sat on the throne, who lives forevermore, verse 10 says this, the 24 elders fell down before him who were seated on the throne and they worshiped him who lives forever. They cast down their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you? Our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you were you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. So the angels are crying out holy. The humans are casting down their crowns and saying he is worthy of glory, honor and power. He created all things. You see, our prayers should be filled with worship. Filled with adoration, filled declaring he is holy, he is, he is great. You know, one, another word for holy is whole. He is whole. He is complete. There's nothing he needs and nothing that can be added. We can just join in into the worship of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Let, let me tell you this. When you pray, Pray right. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And when you pray, pray verse 10. Because verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think that it's difficult sometimes for us to relate to this verse because sometimes in being a part of a democracy, we don't understand kingly authority. See, because there can be no kingdom without a king. And he is the king of everything. And the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And all of them that dwell in it. I mean, he is a king. And he's mighty. And he is magnificent. And thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What else can you do except do the will of the king? You know, I think about uh, uh, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom and everything else will be added unto you. You know, and I think about the spirit and 
in Romans 8, uh, the Bible says that when the spirit prays for us, intercedes on behalf of us, it does pray the perfect will of God. The Bible says we don't know what to pray for as we should, but the spirit groans within us. I think about Jesus um, who was surrendered to the Lord's will. Here he is going to the garden and he asked the father this question. He said, Father, is there any other way for me to redeem man? It was about the cross and it was about the pain of the cross. And he asked for that cup of pain that he was given a vision of the past. And this is uh, a very special moment for me to realize that the Savior, Jesus, actually was surrendered to the will of God. He said, if there's no other way for me to achieve the work of salvation, then not my will, but your will be done. You know, because Jesus actually prayed for the kingdom and the will of God, the reward was humanity was saved. Humanity was offered salvation and that gift. I don't know. Jesus is putting a lot of things before us today. Um, how he is there to help us pray right. He's help us to pray like this in relationship and worship with God. He's here to help us pray his kingdom and his will be done. Are you perhaps willing today to surrender your will like Jesus did? I believe that Jesus had more potential as a human being than anyone else ever to exist uh, before or will ever exist after. What he could have done uh, should he had remained on this earth, staggering, uh, amazing. But God showed him the best thing he could do was to lay down his life to redeem man. God is pleased and worshiped by your sacrifice of your life for his will. You think about the William Carey's the missionary to India. You think about all those of the first 108 um, universities, 106 of them were started by believers. Uh, the hospitals were started by believers. All of these things by people who surrendered their will for the will of God. It's not always simple and it's not always easy, but I tell you this, it's always right to do it. He will reward you. The Bible says, if you pray right, he will reward you. If you pray like this in intimacy with the Father, uh, he will reward you. If you pray, his kingdom come, his will be done, he will reward you. And the reward is far greater. So what is my encouragement for you today? Well, God loves you so much that Jesus made a way for you to come boldly to the throne of grace, not to pray just for how you feel and for your family, but to pray with a community of believers all over the world that says, our Father. It's not just you alone with God. You're joining in with the angels, those who have already gone to heaven, those who are on the earth suffering or in pain or in joy, say, our Father. 
you're in heaven, hallowed, holy. I magnify your name. I sanctify your name. I declare you are holy and you're good. Today, I pray that you would receive God the Father's love, offering you the same thing that Jesus did. When you pray, pray in this manner. Now, I know today I only had time to hit two of the points. But next week, the Lord's will, I'll come back and I'll hit more. So what should you do? Go home. Pray. Some of you need to go in your prayer closet. Some of you need to ask God uh, to reveal himself to you as father. Some of you need your wounds healed like I did. And he'll be a father to the fatherless. But I want you to know, let's do what heaven does. Let's worship him. Live a life that worships him. So Lord, I pray for every one of my friends that are listening right now. You would bless them in a special way, a supernatural way. Let your spirit be upon them. Give them a, a holy touch, a heavenly touch. Cause their life to be better because they've heard the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. God bless you today. I thank you for clicking on, for watching. And I pray that God does spectacular things in your life today and for the rest of the week. God bless you. Thank you.